Outlet Profile. You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello, you're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Tola Mbakwe. Welcome to The Profile. This is the show where we sit down with a guest to find out about their life, faith and testimony. This show is brought to you in association with Premier Christianity magazine. For a free sample copy of the magazine, visit premierchristianity.com slash free sample. Today on the show, I'm joined by Bob Fu. Bob is one of the leading voices in the world for persecuted faith communities in China. After suffering extreme persecution for his Christian faith in the country, he fled to the U.S. and began religious freedom charity China Aid. Let's listen in. I think it's fair to say you are the most prominent religious activist for China. Thank you. Yes. But growing up as a young boy, I'm sure you didn't think your life would turn out like this. Tell me about your childhood. What was was your childhood like? Well, uh, not at all. As you you know, I just, um, during my childhood, uh, I was pretty much, you know, um, struggling uh, how to feed myself uh, on a you know, every day, and uh, because of the poverty, um, you know, my mom was a beggar, and uh, her ex-husband could not even afford, you know, food and accommodation, and ask her to just to leave home uh, to survive, basically. So for several years, she was on the road begging food with the, my elder brother and elder sister, and uh, t- until she met with my father, and uh, who was a disabled man, and uh, you know, kind of, uh, I was born in that family. So was that that was kind of a situation. I was born and raised, and um, you know, you can imagine uh, what w- would you be treated. So mm-hmm. you know, by the society. So I was always uh, bullied by, you know, villagers, by other uh, children. Um, peers and um, so that was a kind of a the the primary uh, you know memory for me and of course you know I have um, very caring parents um, mm-hmm. so because of I guess my mom's uh, it's a humbling experience I always watched you know um, the uh, a bunch of beggars always gathered at our house and uh, we always uh, like give them. Uh, the best we can uh, mm-hmm. we have uh, to, for to feed them to mm-hmm. help them um, so I think uh, you know out of that uh, God may planted some uh, the com- some compassion mm-hmm. uh, you know mm-hmm. for the poor for the needy mm-hmm. um, near my heart of course I want to you know change so that was uh, another kind of uh, seed in my heart yeah. Some people, they say that even though they didn't grow up in a Christian household, sometime mm-hmm. in their life, God revealed themselves, or there was an opportunity where uh, God revealed themselves. Did you have that, any of that sort of experience as a child that you can remember? Um, in a theological term, maybe it's a, a kind of a reflection of mm-hmm. God's general revelation of his presence was, uh, I remembered um because of my mom's begging experience, uh, you know, during the the great uh, starvation time, um, you know, Chairman Mao in 1958 to 1960, when 
because of the EU policy, uh, over 40 million uh, Chinese starved to death, right? So my mom, when he, when she was begging many times, uh, she said, um, you know, she was telling me again and again about these stories that uh, on the road of, uh, you know, begging food and uh, seeing the two children were, uh, were crying, you know, because of starvation, she always looked upon to some kind of, in the Chinese uh, kind of folksy sense, uh, called a heavenly grandpa, you know, kind of, uh, you know, even in a personal sense, she said, uh, you know, that the, there is a, a kind of uh, this divine character was always uh, looking after her. And uh, when she was kind of, you know, she didn't know God, uh, you know, didn't know the Bible. Have, we were not a Christian family at all. And, uh, but she said whenever she cried out to this heavenly grandpa, somehow somebody would uh, deliver a cup of soup to, to feed mm-hmm. the two children. So that kind of impressed me. Uh, you know, there's something beyond this earth, you know, beyond uh, this world. Um, but I was raised as an atheist. Of course, you know, that's under the Chinese Communist Party's ruling. And I was born, actually, two years after Chairman Mao uh, launched the Cultural Revolution. And uh, mm-hmm. so we're all educated uh, all the way from elementary school to my graduate school as a kind of a atheistic ideology is yeah. the predominant until I, I became a Christian, yeah. Now let's go into that. You were exposed to Christianity at university. That's Can right. Can you tell me about that? Yeah, so I, uh, the first encounter about Christianity was actually through my American uh, English teachers. Um, they were um, all Christians. Well, most of them were Christians, but they were also kind of secret missionaries. So they have a, a gospel mission over there, and uh, they try every opportunity to kind of uh, find a way to share a little bit about their faith. And I remembered I uh, was uh, at that time politically pretty radical. I was, you know, try to join the Communist Party, try to change the world, change China, uh, kind of with my own effort and um, uh, by you know relying on the Communist Party. So I always uh, kind of uh, le- uh, leading the debate with my American teacher when they tried to raise this theistic argument. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we use our, we call it always winning um, material, uh, dialectical materialism. That's the term. And, um, and they sometimes he say something about the Bible and we have no clue because we have never yeah. read or heard and uh, so by the end of the day, we can't really have any agreement. And I say, okay, you know, maybe God is just American God. You know, mm. we Chinese don't need American God to help us. We only need, you know, Microsoft and McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, you know, a technology and, uh, you know, maybe some some Western uh, food. <laughs> and, yeah. uh, but that, that's it. So that was uh, until really... Uh, um, 1989, when the students' democracy movement started, that's the first time, seriously, you know, um, when I became a student leader. And then, of course, organizing the protest, went to Tiananmen Square, and uh, kind of um, um, during that time, as you 
may, uh, I mean, you know that mm-hmm. uh, when the Communist Party uh, sent military uh, tanks and uh, killed and you know massacred uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of citizens. So that was the time of my life, kind of uh, in a lowest point uh, when I was uh, kind of uh, being persecuted politically mm-hmm. as a student leader, and um, then my. Uh, American teacher smuggled uh, a booklet uh, for a Chinese pastor's testimony. Mm-hmm. So through that testimony, I came to Christ. Uh, mm-hmm. That was the, really the first seriously exposure to Christian faith. Uh, and later on, of course, I got my first copy of the Bible after my conversion, and uh, you know, one year later, and uh, so engaging the Word of the Lord. Yeah. Wow. So tell me, you at one point in your life, after becoming a Christian, you were teaching English to Communist Party officials while still being a Christian. Um, yeah. Tell me, when you're getting ready for work every day, what was, what was going on in your mind? What were you thinking? Well, um, that was uh, after, before I uh, finished my graduate school, um, because, you know, my uh, major was English, but my graduate school is on international relations. So we're... Most of my classmates, you know, kind of uh, went to do to the business um, and working for the government or foreign ministry. And uh, I was praying. I was already a kind of a house church pastor, underground pastor. And uh, I was praying my prayer and said, uh, you know, God, give me a job that I can serve the Communist Party with the least of time. Because in China, at that time, every university graduate are supposed to be assigned for a job, and uh, mm. and uh, so you can't really go independent. And with the most of the time, my prayer, I said, I want to serve you, you know, mm. uh, especially these uh, um, hundreds of thousands of uh, hungry souls in the university areas in Beijing. So God humorously, yeah, gave me a job, and I uh, became an English teacher, teaching English um, at the daytime to the Communist Party leaders. And in the evening and the weekend, I was just uh, much busier than my real full-time faculty job in the yeah. party school. And the most beautiful thing was uh, by the end of each month, I got a full-time you know, faculty paycheck um, from the Communist Party directly as my mission fund. You know, mm. That was uh, the beauty of uh, things like that. And uh, so God sustained me and... Uh, and I worked there for three years, and then um, later on, of course, my wife and I were both thrown into Chinese prison, and we started our prison theology course. <laughs> yeah. Yes, tell us about that. So that was kind of like the turning point in your life when you and your wife were arrested for illegal evangelism. What gave you the boldness to start a house church in the first place? Well, it was uh, all uh, driven by really the, this uh, the understanding of the good news, right? We call the gospel, you know, as the good news of Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, before we knew the good news, uh, you know, of course, we understand uh, the bad news. <laughs> but, mm. you know, uh, I was always uh, thinking, you know, how to best serve my family, you know, my friends and my fellow country. And uh, after I became a Christian, first reading the scripture and realized that, you know, well, if you have money, money will run out. You can give to people. 
if you can help create some job opportunities and job, you know, will be in the end you will mm-hmm. face the eternal, um, you know, life or death situ- uh, you know, uh, choice. Mm-hmm. And we have the gospel, you know, that Jesus has already accomplished the salvation uh, on the cross, and we are just, uh, you know, as God's ambassador. Um, you know, for for him, that we just uh, need to uh, proclaim faithfully uh, this gospel of Jesus Christ, and by you know his faith that the, the this uh, this this decision uh, of uh, you know eternal uh, life or eternal condemnation is so you know serious business, yeah. and uh, and we uh, Christians are given this uh, you know as the messenger. For God's, you know, kind of uh, this uh, greatest news, right? Mm-hmm. The, the 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 best news, not only good, it's the best news. Yeah. So I just, uh, you know, felt this is the best job, you know, kind of uh, you can have the most honorable uh, title as the ambassador mm-hmm. for Christ. So that was the uh, kind of a very simple uh, motivation for me. So mm-hmm. I said, you know, I want to share. I want to really see. Uh, more and more those uh, Chinese, uh, my fellow countrymen, to come to Christ. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if they know and accept and and, uh, and really being adopted into the family of uh, Christ and uh, become a follower of Jesus, then, you know, that they will not need to worry about, you know, uh, this kind of uh, other things. Yeah. So that was uh, the initial motivation and uh, I mean of course China the persecution is uh, always the in the on the horizon I mean I have interviewed and uh, met so many especially first second generation of uh, early Chinese Christian you know in the early church and uh, the pastor who uh, baptized me pastor Yang from Beijing spent uh, more than 16 years in prison for the gospel. And the pastor, Alan Yuan from Beijing, who married uh, my wife and I, spent over 22 months and, uh, you know, 22 years and eight months mm. in prison. So kind of uh, I got hold of that sense. Um, it's called prison theology. You have to take it. And uh, I, I just felt, well, you know, God is faithful. I mean, his promise is... Uh, he is not like uh, kind of forget uh, delivering out of outside this world after you became a follower, but he has a sufficient grace uh, to protect you and to show his faith- faithfulness. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's how you know the the, the kind of a firm belief uh, that uh, I was uh, um, uh, being made aware and you uh, trusted. I feel that. Uh, I mean, it's just to trust the Lord, right? Exactly. And uh, knowing that He will be faithful even in prison. So, yeah. So, tell me about that time it. with you and your wife in prison. How did they find out that you all are running a church in the first place? Yeah, we were uh, discovered by the Chinese state security agents that not only, you know, of course, I was when working in the Communist Party school was a pretty sensitive job already. I didn't know that they had already have their, you know, s- secret surveillance on mm. me and my wife, on our kind of church activities, uh, because we are also ministering to this uh, sensitive group, the Chinese yeah. university students. And uh, the Communist Party 
always uh, nervous that um, you know they would be kind of you know converted to uh, to be loyal to 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 something else. Yeah. So they are called the successors of s- communism, you know. And and plus, we also started an underground Bible school, and I think that triggered because um, uh, you know. Uh, to start up an uh, underground Bible school and um, uh, th- for the Communist Party, you know, not being uh, kind of aware is uh, more difficult. Yeah. So they finally, they traced back. So I was the black hand behind that. <laughs> so they took me and, uh, and my wife uh, into prison. Tell yeah. me about your emotions during that time. What was going through your head when you were taken to prison? Well, um, that was the day, actually, I still remember um, Heidi and I, we actually were um, studying and reading in the second uh, Peter, you know, uh, about uh, my brothers, you know, uh, don't be surprised when these uh, trials and tribulations and uh, you have, you need to rejoice, right? And uh, knowing, so that was uh, kind of, uh, I thought that's the Holy Spirit kind of, you know, prepared our heart that to prepare for the prison theology yeah. <laughs> course. And, um, of course, you know, it was uh, initially a little scary, I mean, because uh, we have never uh, experienced that uh, kind of a group of uh, secret police just, uh, you know, with their video cameras on, they were like uh, uh, started uh, to um, um Search uh, every corner, um, including kind of make our bed upside down. Basically, try oh. to search anything, and put all the Bibles, everything on on, on the floor. Um, and then I was uh, taken into prison and started the first uh, three days and nights of nonstop interrogation, mm. and um, without any kind of uh, sleep. Right there. They have their own interrogators um, around the clock, and sometimes they, they they kind of knock my head, beat me. So it was kind of uh, initially was a little hard experience, um, but I do know. Yeah, I I think the 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 the, the very um, testimonies that I heard from you know those early church leaders um, uh, helped me uh, a lot. And, of course, the word of the Lord helped me a lot, knowing that uh, he will be faithful to the end. And uh, the hardest thing was actually you was uh, you didn't know whether our brothers and sisters in the outside world, you know, know mm-hmm. uh, where you are and what you are, you know, going through. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a total isolation and because uh, they took action so abruptly, right? And uh, so, I, so until one uh, time, uh, the when the interrogator kind of sarcastically told me, said, said, you know, uh, Pastor Fu or Brother Fu, they called me Brother Fu. <laughs> they said, mm. uh, uh, many in the outside world are deeply caring about you. I that was, you know, I think God's way to use. Uh, the mouth of the interrogator yeah. to give me comfort. So then I knew there must be many brothers and sisters are, uh, were aware and start praying for me, and uh, that really gave me a lot of strength uh, mm-hmm. to go through. And then we were 
sort of uh, after the interrogation, sent to the prison cell. Mm. So you were eventually released, is that correct? Yes, yes. And then, um, but you were still on, is it house arrest or probation? You were still being watched. Yeah, we were released after two months. Um, Both Hyde and I were released on the same day too. And uh, then we were put under kind of house arrest. And that means any time the security agents uh, that were signed, ironically, uh, I found one agent was one of my students in the party school. So he obviously was already there installed, pretending to be my student, uh, sitting in the classroom, maybe monitoring me. Um, so but he was it, a double agent, just like you were a double yeah, agent. Yeah, so we're, we're the, the counterforce. Yes. <laughs> well, we are God's double agents. They are human double agents. Yes, <laughs> so, yes. But it was really uh, during that time, um, you know, uh, we were, Heidi and I were sometimes were just at midnight being taken to a park or taken to a police station for further threatening investigation. Wow. And uh, force us to like uh, uh, collaborate and uh, cooperate with the secret police. They try to force us to betray other brothers and sisters who were, you know, communicating or, or wanting to communicate with us. So then uh, Heidi was pregnant um, without a permit. You know, that's the family planning policy. Even though we were married for three years already. Uh, we uh, the party school uh, would not deliver our uh, quota. You know, uh, the family planning policy. Even for the first child, you at that time you have to get uh, to give a, a yeah. birth permit first, uh, yellow card. Otherwise, you know you could face uh, forced abortion. Uh, you know that's really um, the Chinese uh, Communist Party's uh, you know single-handed. The, the most uh, uh, kind of horrendous mm-hmm. human rights uh, violation uh, and atrocities against, especially against women mm-hmm. and girls. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, the Chinese government uh, announced uh, some years ago that uh, the, uh, during the 30 years of family planning, they had successfully, they proudly announced that they had successfully prevented over 300 million Chinese children mm. from being born. So many, I mean, at least two-thirds of them were forcefully aborted. Um, women were like really like a, a slaughtered. I mean, they were, the pregnancy sometimes is like eight months, nine months, even 10 months. You know, I, I knew that. Um, we, I have interviewed and, uh, you know, sometimes we receive phone call, some pastor's wife even being caught and uh, and. Uh, and uh, taken to the hospital when that Christian, you know, um, uh, lady was uh, uh, nine months pregnancy wow. with a boy and uh, being put, you know, two poison uh, doses of uh, kind of uh, injection and kill the baby. Uh, so we were very, of course, uh, aware of that and uh, we couldn't think of any other way uh, to stay in Beijing uh, without being caught and uh, for you know, possible for forced abortion. So that's uh, the time prompted uh, Heidi and I decided to run away yeah. and uh, fled uh, out of Beijing and uh, mm-hmm. hiding in the countryside. And um, then essentially God opened the door miraculously for us to escape. So mm-hmm. we got into Hong Kong uh, essentially. Um, and then as, uh, a year later, uh, less than a year later, we were accepted as uh, refugees 
to the United States mm. three so days before Hong Kong was turned over to China wow. from the British control. Yeah. Look how God works. Yeah, that's another <laughs> so, miracle. Yeah. Yeah. So your arrival to America, that's when I guess it was a ray of sunshine after all the turmoil that you've mm-hmm, been mm-hmm. through. Tell me, what was life like when you arrived in America? Well, it was, uh, you know, totally uh, different uh, environment, right? I mean, uh, of course, uh, much you know, better um, air quality and, uh, you know, more blue sky, like you're from Virginia. And yes. uh, I uh, <laughs> ended up, we ended up in uh, Philadelphia, okay. so East Coast. And uh, I started um, my uh, uh, Westminster Theological um, uh, Seminary study. And um, first uh, week, actually first, I mean, really the first month, I started the summer Greek. You know, I have not oh. had not handled English well, so started Greek <laughs> and the Hebrew. Wow. And I think um, the most dramatic difference, of course, is the religious freedom. You know, mm. you kind of uh, here you are. You don't need to worry about uh, being arrested. Um, you know, for holding a Bible study anymore. And uh, I, Heidi and I, you know, saw our children. And, you know, can sleep. Uh, so peacefully at night, mm-hmm. and uh, they don't need to worry about their parents being taken away for you know organizing a house church and mm-hmm. uh, for a prayer meeting and um but at the same time um you know you kind of uh, keep getting all these news you know, all these uh, brothers and sisters keep calling ours you know communicating with us, said, you know, oh, you know, please help, you know, we're just, uh, the police is knocking on the door, you know. Sometimes I could hear the police <laughs> wow. and the security forces knocking on the door uh, of a house church, and uh, you, I could hear they break into the door. I could hear they try to, you know, uh, uh, take away their Bibles, you know, move, uh, kind of confiscating all their church uh, properties and uh uh, and uh, I could hear their crying, and um, so I felt well. You know, I uh, many times actually initially I feel a little guilty of mm-hmm. abandoning. You know, kind of my suffering brothers and sisters over there, and uh, make me wonder. You know, I'm now enjoying a peaceful environment, yeah. free, enjoying the religious freedom to study here, and. Uh, you know what could I do for them? Uh, what you know? How can I connect with my fellow uh, brothers and sisters yeah. and continuously? So that's uh, prompted Heidi and I started this ministry called China Aid, and um, so that's the ministry we, with a dedication to you know like um, uh, the Ministry of Release International, our partner organization in the UK. Mm-hmm who had been really faithfully partnering with us in supporting uh, those uh, suffering brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. So our mission is like kind of a a uh, uh, Chinese uh, focused version, you know, version of Release International. Okay. In essence, is uh, we are a voice for these voiceless um, mm-hmm. brothers and sisters, and we provide uh, uh, a family prisoner support for those who are imprisoned. Mm-hmm. We also um, help them find uh, an, an, uh, a Christian lawyer to defend them in the court. Mm-hmm. And we also, of course, uh, do uh, some biblical trainings for the church leaders. So okay. we call it a 3E mission, expose the abuses, encouraging the abused, and equipping the leaders. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think the biggest shock was the 
church shock, you know. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, so, so many churches. Yeah. When I enrolled at Westminster Seminary, I was asked to identify which denomination, like <laughs> two, three pages, at least uh, maybe 200 <laughs> denominations. Yeah. There, make me really uh, kind of uh, confused. Yeah. You know? Like, oh, I'm just, I'm just Christian. <laughs> yeah. yeah so we don't have a lot of denominations in China either. Yeah. House church. You know, independent, uh, you know, worshiping the Lord and uh, or a government sanctioned church, you know, being the government rule. I'm Tola Mbakwe. You're listening to my interview with Bob Fu. Join us again after this to hear more. Everyone's favourite satirist, Adrian Plass, pens a new sacred diary for the latest edition of Premier Christianity magazine with his unique take on the phenomenon of the Christian festival. Plus, we ask, how should believers respond to identity politics? Is smoking the cardinal sin it's often made out to be? Hugh Ross tells how astrophysics brought him face-to-face with the creator. And we bring you a special report on the megachurch movement in the USA, going behind the scenes of six of America's biggest churches. All that plus much more. Ask for your free edition at premierchristianity.com slash free sample. The Profile You're listening to Premier Christian Radio. Hello, you're listening to Premier Christian Radio. I'm Tola Mbakwe. Welcome to The Profile. This is the show where we sit down with a guest to find out about their life, faith and testimony. This show is brought to you in association with Premier Christianity magazine. For a free sample copy of the magazine, visit premierchristianity.com slash free sample. Today on the show, I'm joined by Bob Fu. You came to be, I guess, quite prominent when the case of Chen Guangcheng came up, the Mm -hmm. lawyer Mm -hmm. that wanted to get rid of the one-child policy and Mm -hmm. then was imprisoned. So that's a very well-known case. But Mm -hmm. tell me about one of your successes from China Aid that um, may not be that prominent or maybe that maybe people may not know about, but you're very proud of. Um, There are a number of cases. Uh, I can just name two uh, just happened last year. Uh, So one case involved... uh, uh, a, a, a Chinese uh, um, a female professor. Her husband was a human rights lawyer who was uh, uh, part of the kind of victims of uh, uh, Chinese Communist Party's war against uh, lawyers, you know, uh, since July 2015. Over 300 some lawyers were uh, arrested, detained, rounded up, and many of them were tortured. So her husband was one of the lawyers called Mr. Lawyer Xie Yang from Hunan province in in South China. And he was uh, reportedly being tortured, you know, with uh, like uh, 25 or six different ways of torture during his two years um, in prison. So his wife was a university professor, could not keep silent anymore. She, she started speaking up, then she was being uh, rounded up, and uh, even the authorities kind of uh, interrogate her 15-year-old daughter uh, alone in a, in a dark room. So when I learned about that, of course, knowing she's, uh, they're going to face the imminent danger, so we decided to rescue them. So we rescued them uh, um, kind of out of China into Bangkok in Thailand, and then Chinese government kind of... Uh, um, somehow intercept our kind of communication um, somewhere and kidnap them from the Bangkok, the hiding place, and, uh, you know, put them 
into a Thailand immigration prison, and within a few hours, they were facing deportation back to the Chinese prison. So that was the time really shows God's miracle and absolutely, you know, absolute faithfulness that uh, it was uh, within a few hours uh, of uh, really uh, life or death. And uh, God really providentially, um, you know, um, I got hold of one Chinese prisoner inside that prison in Thailand who happened to have a cell phone and open, turn on his phone only like a certain one hour every day. And uh, it was uh, then I immediately locate where this uh, family is being held in that prison and uh, alerted the State Department, the U.S. Embassy, and then the U.S. Uh, sent uh, diplomat and Marines went there and rescued them out of, uh, out of a Thailand, Thailand prison. Then, of course, after that, the Thailand government was pressured by the Chinese and would not let them, uh, you know, kind of board their flight. And then another miracle happened. It was just uh, one after another uh, was that critical, you know, few uh, within a, a couple of weeks, um, God intervened and uh, even uh, kind of uh, prompt President Trump himself in the Oval Office made the final decision kind of... Uh, and it's still classified. I can't see too many details, but the, uh, in the end, this family were rescued and uh, out of China and uh, finally land um, in the free country. Um, and they're now very uh, happily uh, living in our community in West Texas. So that was the story. you know a very um, dramatic story. Uh, really shows story. really God's faithfulness. Yeah. Now speaking about Trump, do you think? Trump has a true heart for Christian religious freedom, or do you think he's just trying to cater to evangelicals that supported him? I think based on, of course, he's still he's a, a little you know over a year in the in the in office, right? Um, but based on my dealings with the White House, this Trump White House, and the State Department, um, you know, I've been invited to the White House twice already. Met uh, you know with his senior aide um, in, the, in at least. Uh, we have already, under his administration, successfully uh, helped rescue um, three, four different families. And uh, we got a full um, cooperation and, uh, you know, support. Uh, and um, especially the one I just mentioned, uh, I, uh, no other administration, even including other Republican president, you know, President Bush was a very good friend. He was also compassionate on religious freedom. And President uh, uh, Obama uh, invited me also to the White House. And uh, um, I couldn't imagine they would have the guts and uh, really the courage to make this kind of a decision, mm-hmm. you know, to involve the whole U.S. Uh, um, uh, SS, mm-hmm. um, you know, in uh, another country to rescue a Chinese, uh, you know, kind of desperate family out of the Chinese, uh, you know, hands mm-hmm. almost. I mean, the Chinese spies were surrounding the Thailand immigration prison, almost a street fight with the U.S. Marines uh, happened uh, in the early March mm. of last year. Mm. So, of course, uh, you know, other um, effort that I have been um, collaborating and, uh, you know, on the overall policy, I could see, uh, you know, I think President Trump uh, is uh, sincere in this front. Mm. And uh, because he doesn't need to 
you know, do this uh, because mm-hmm. no other president would dare to anger Thailand, anger China. You know, these are big mm-hmm. deals, right? And uh, of course, uh, the reason was not uh, publicly reported uh, s- uh, about these details I just mm-hmm. mentioned. Of course, you know, again, some some details are still uh, classified. It was uh, China was a big animal, big elephant in the mm-hmm. room. Um, but I think uh, he has the guts and courage mm-hmm. uh, to take this action. And I, I certainly, for well, he's a uh, very uh, unique and also uh, with the um, sincere heart uh, mm-hmm. and compassion to those persecuted. Yeah. Okay. Now, being a religious freedom activist for China. Mm-hmm. You actually haven't been able to go back to China. <laughs> Is that frustrating? Well, um, it's, it was true initially. You know, after all, you were you know your birthplace, right? Your kind of motherland uh, in the in this uh, on this worldly sense, and you still have some family members. You you try to, you know, you kind of could not uh, help at uh, sometimes thinking about that. Um, but uh, you know what? Um, compared to you know the scenario that uh, if I go back, uh, it's most likely as both the U.S. law enforcement um, warned me, and of course the spiritual discernment of my family and uh, my board. Uh, if I, you know, the Chinese government actually invited, sent me invitation quite a few times officially, even offer very high rank. You know, a Communist Party official to meet with me, uh, and of course I know it's a part of the either United Front work or you know maybe a one-way ticket for me to go back to the Chinese prison. You never know. Mm-hmm. But uh, compared to that, and uh, you know what, you know God has been using this ministry and the voice that God entrusted me to speak for those brothers and sisters. I feel very content. Uh, that uh, you know, staying uh, here, and um, I mean, after all, the the, the spiritual uh, teaching, and I have a deep realization that uh, isn't that the teaching in the Book of Hebrews that uh, you know, where is our hometown? Where is our eternal home? Right? It's not really China. It's not really U.S. Not Texas. It's not you know the U.K. We have a eternal heavenly, you know, home. Uh, kind of, uh, so that comfort me, and I feel, well, you know, wherever I go, and uh, as long as uh, you know, fulfilling what God has called me to do, and um, that is uh, my hometown, and I think that is my family member. Um, so that's that's kind of, uh, you know, my. Rationale. <laughs> mm, yes. Now let's switch gears here to persecution in China. Mm-hmm. Now, for someone who has absolutely no idea what life is like for a Christian in China, mm-hmm. just paint that picture for me. Yeah. So the um, in, in a very uh, general kind of description is uh, you know Christians uh, in China, of course, are in the eyes of the Chinese government, uh, especially in the later. You know, in the past uh, really five years, if we see the the the, the recently, 
um, is a very um, kind of threatening force uh, in the eyes of the Communist Party, certainly under President or Emperor Xi, you know, now. Uh, it's kind of um, the, uh, you're, you're always being seen as a suspicious force, uh, like, uh, you know, Christianity was portrayed as a foreign religion, Western religion, uh, being suspected as a, you know, foreign infiltration force, you know, kind of uh, um, to subvert the state power of the Communist Party. That's why, you know, in the past year uh, alone, 2017, according to our own documentation, at least uh, over 20, 220, uh, you know, uh, some 3,000 of uh, uh, Christians are being uh, directly targeted for persecution. And we have documented, um, I mean, that was like uh, nearly four times, um, uh, you know, more uh, number than the previous year. Mm -hmm. And we have documented uh, the the cases uh, were doubled. uh, And uh, the the, um, individuals who were detained has reached to 3,007, at least 3,700 uh, were actually detained uh, with the legal term, and several hundred were even sent to criminal sentence. You know, some were sentenced to 13 years, you know, 10 years, um, you know, eight years. Uh, it's a, so it's a, it's a constant threat, uh, I think, by the regime. I mean, we just uh, received reports that, uh, you know, church buildings were, were, were demolished, and uh, many... Uh, uh, kind of uh, provinces now they are even banning uh, the Christians to even have a simple family kind of worship together and uh, in Xinjiang, West China we receive uh, the latest information with photos showing you know the government started to remove um, even the Christian signs uh, on, you know on the wall you know during the Chinese New Year we have a copeless right on the uh, put on the stick on the both sides of the door right and uh, so the government would send the officials to remove this copeless and uh, replace with the chairman C's portrait and uh, so the last time you saw that was uh, the t- cultural revolution so it is a new cultural cu- cultural cultural revolution happening now and uh, in every government sanctioned churches now in front of the church building, there is a sign uh, explicitly said uh, the following five uh, group or categories of people are forbidden to enter into the church. You know, they're including the Communist Party members, the, 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 the government, uh, you know, cadres, uh, the, uh, those who are under 18 years old, the students, and uh, the Chinese uh, military. And so they are... So there are even there are classified groups who are not even allowed to enter into the church, and uh, the government uh, uh, officials um, in, in Xinjiang, again in West China, uh, you know, kind of arbitrarily arrested really hundreds of hundreds of Christians uh, just in the past few months, and uh, we are still trying to to document, um, and um, it was uh, just. Uh, they were arbitrarily sent to uh, what is called the study camp. It's a it's a it's a kind of a lauge, you know, camp. It's a brainwash camp. They just make you disappear. You know, some you know, husband and wife, Christians just uh, uh, suddenly disappeared. 
and some officials even forced themselves to stay in Christian homes. This happened last week, and uh, you know the government uh, officials stayed in the Christian homes overnight in order to prevent them from a midnight uh, secret, uh, you know, worship service. Um, so it, it, we have never seen this kind of extreme persecution since the end of the Cultural Revolution. So there is a real kind of uh, now uh, intensity of the persecution. Over here we see videos of churches being demolished and crosses being taken down. Yeah, that's another when thing. When you watch those videos, how do you feel? Well, it was uh, it just, uh, you know, uh, number one, it didn't make sense. The government, uh, of course, in their public uh, propaganda, they said, oh, the size of the cross is uh, problematic. Uh, it poses a public safety threat. Well, many churches have been there. Uh, number one, they are, the government sanctioned church buildings. Number two, many churches had been there for decades. And some even like uh, uh, was built since 1924, uh, before Communist Party took power. So their church, you know, these are Catholic church, Protestant churches. And why, why all of a sudden this cross, the size of the cross, became a public safety, uh, you know, threat? So you can't explain that away, uh, except uh, you know, knowing that this is part of the overall strategy to uh, uh, reduce the, um, the visibility and influence of the Christian growth. Actually, I can give you a quote that uh, showing behind the scenes the government mentality and rationale, why they all of a sudden start uh, you know, doing this, uh, burning the crosses and forcibly removing uh, over 2,000 crosses and, uh, you know, and even, of course, the total destruction of these uh, some big churches. Uh, so the rationale, I quote the government uh, secret document that, will, that, that we obtained after they launched this forced removal of cross campaign. Uh, it is said um, the uh, purpose of this uh, campaign is to contain the overheated growth of Christianity. End the quote. Overheated growth of Christianity. Of course, when I read that, I was uh, kind of smiling, and as you know, said, hallelujah, you know, that's, that means the Communist Party even acknowledged there is a fast growth of Christianity, of course, with a different reasoning. They are worried. They feel, you know, now the number of Chinese Christians have already reached to over 100 million. You know, 100 million Christians, the number of uh, uh, Communist Party members is uh, less than 90 million. So there are more Christians than these uh, uh, atheistic, you know, uh, Communist Party members. Um, so they are worried, and they feel it's, a, of course, a, a political threat in their eyes. Uh, I think uh, that's why I think uh, they are trying to contain mm. this, uh, this uh, fast growth. That is amazing that despite all this persecution and suppression, the church in China is still growing. Um, what do you attribute that to? Well, I attribute to that really, of course, it's a miracle. It's uh, God's way to tell uh, those persecutors that uh, he's in control, not the Communist Party, not any party leaders, Chairman Mo or uh, Chairman Xi. And in fact, God actually would uh, still sitting uh, you know, on his throne and laughing at them. I think in the end, uh, maybe he would call uh, Chairman Mo or even President Xi 
uh, as uh, you know, he called Nebuchadnezzar in the Babylonian time, uh, and as his servant, right, in the opposite way, uh, yeah. because really, um, you know, when you go in, when you go through the persecution, and uh, the church is being uh, purified, and your faith is really being tested, and especially. You know when you are, uh, you know, kind of being tortured or being tried, being uh, beaten up, and uh, that's when the God's grace uh, really mm-hmm. kind of uh, uh, pouring uh, on, pouring on you, and uh, then really um, the uh, the kind of um, we call it prison theology is called the theology of the cross. It's basically. When um, the uh, the non-believers, the Gentiles, when they see how these Christians respond to this persecution, and that really and make them, you know, astonished and feel attracted, and after all, you know, who would uh, declare, you know, uh, that when you are suffering the most uh, uh, brutal persecution, like Jesus on the cross being crucified? And uh, who would uh, still pronounce that prayer? Said Father, you know, forgive them, uh, uh, because uh, they know not what they do. And uh, when those uh, persecuted Chinese Christians, that's happening to them in the prison when they are beating up, they are still pronounce that uh, love of Christ and and forgiveness of Christ, and told the persecutors, the torturers, and said,、uh, you know, I still love you and I forgive you. Uh, because Christ forgave me, I, I think、uh, that is the essence of the cross, right? And、uh, so, when you are going through the similar suffering and in, with Christ, you know, as the Bible says,、uh, you know, we're not only granted to believe in Christ, but also to, to suffer with Him or suffer for Him. So I think that, that was the process.、Um, God showing His faithfulness,、mm-hmm. and when the cross is being lifted up, and that's where you know the revival happens again and again. What are your hopes and your prayers,、um, and for the future for China? My hopes and prayer is、uh, really after President、uh, Xi successfully、uh, maneuvered to be the life. You know, long president <laughs> you know, without term limits, and essentially he's crowned himself as the emperor. See, right? Because the last time、uh, some Communist Party leader、uh, enjoyed that lifelong t- tenure uh, is uh, Chairman and before that is all the emperors in the history of China, and we、um, we could expect、um, there will be more persecution. Actually, will be more intensified persecution. So,、uh, a major spiritual storm is,、uh, you know, happening in China, as I just listed.、Um, but at the same time,、um, I'm always、uh, hopeful, and because I have risen、uh, both from the, you know, the the, the teaching. Of the scripture and also the、uh, experience of the、uh, history of Christianity, especially the Chinese church history, showing that、uh, you know the Communist Party in the past、uh, 60s and plus years, you know, has never stopped persecuting and in Christians, and、uh, not a single day there is、uh, not a Christian in,、uh, you know kind of、uh, being imprisoned,、um, and uh, uh, you know when Communist Party took power. The, in 1949, there's only one million Christians. I mean, less than one million. I mean, look today, 
60 years later, after nonstop persecution, as I just mentioned, over mm-hmm. 100 million. So it's a 100-fold growth already, and、uh, despite of the persecution. So I could see you the according to a, a university,、uh, Purdue University in Indiana. You know, the a group of sociologists a few years ago did a study and、uh, use a, a, a scientific formulation. Uh, uh, that、uh, they studied the 100, the past 100 years religious growth, not only Christianity but other religions. So they projected, you know, by 2030, the number of Chinese Christians will definitely, you know, inevitably reach to at least 224 million. That will make China the largest really Christian nation、uh, by. You know, the next decade is not very actually、uh, too long.、Um, so that gave me, you know, I see because our God, of course, is a living God, and、uh, He worked the same way yesterday, today, and forever. And、uh, I, I, that gave me more optimistic, you know, kind of spirit. And、um, maybe, yeah, as I said, you know, at the end of the day,、uh, Emperor C may. Help speed up the Christianization process through this、uh, persecution, you know, time.、Um, so that's、uh, I feel, you know, some encouragement and, and comfort to our brothers and sisters in China and to the free world.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And lastly, Bob, how can Christians here in the UK pray for our Christians in China?、Uh, the Christians in the UK,、uh, of course, you know,、uh, this trip I sponsored, and you know.、Um, Uh, by our partner organization, Release International,、mm-hmm. I I was so thrilled to see, you know, that Release International、uh, actually had this uh, 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 three months、uh, prayer bulletins.、Um, you know,、uh, every、uh, day they have uh, listed, uh, you know, very specific, you know, country、mm-hmm. and、uh, individual or a trend,、um, you know, from China, North Korea, you know,、uh, this.、Uh, Thirty some plus countries. So China was highlighted、uh, over there. I think、uh, you know we can、uh, pray that、um, those uh, prisoners uh, in China, those Christian prisoners, would uh, uh, steadfastly kind of、uh, standing firm on their faith, and、uh, you know without any、uh, wavering, and、uh, even in prison continue their kind of.、Uh, Joyful spirit、uh, to be、uh, to realize they are worthy of this suffering、uh, for Christ. I, I think, as I just said, you know, the the hardest thing was isolation, right? So when they realize that、uh, in prison they are still being used by God to share the gospel, to live a life,、um, live a godly life in prison, and secondly, to pray for those、uh, persecutors, you know. The Bible has、uh, Saul to Paul, right?、Uh, you know, who knows? We should pray for President Xi Jinping and his cabinet and his、uh, other Politburo members. And,、uh, and there, are,、uh, you know, many, many actually Communist Party members are secret Christians,、mm-hmm. and that's a reality. And、uh, we just,、uh, you know, need to pray more earnestly for those pers- top persecutors and to. You know, let、uh, the Holy Spirit work in their heart and to enlighten them, soften their heart, and、uh, because the heart of the King, you know, is in the hands of the Yahweh, you know, Jehovah. So He can make them 
rise up, they can make them fall instantly. And uh, if they uh, continue to do things that God is not pleased, like the the pharaohs in Egypt, God can do anything uh, to them to uh, let them know He is the Lord over all and over them. So, thirdly, we can you know uh, pray and also um, take prayerful actions into write letters to the Chinese authorities uh, for these prisoners to write letters to the prisoners themselves, um, you know, to encourage them. They may not receive these letters immediately, but you, the, you, you, you can be sure that those prisoners, once they receive, you know, one, you know, 100, 1,000, you know, 100,000 letters, uh, then, you know, their immediate treatment in prison would be way much better. Uh, I remembered um, one prisoner, uh, a Christian lady, who was an uh, editor-in-chief of uh, Underground Church magazine. Her name is Li Ying. When she was sentenced to 15 years imprisonment, we, along with the release and uh, um, uh, Voice of Martyrs you know, in America, uh, uh, launched a global petition, I mean, letter campaign to her labor camp. And within a few months, uh, a few weeks, uh, our record shows uh, several thousand letters were sent there. And we didn't know uh, until her mom uh, visited her uh, a few months later, and uh, she was asking her mom, uh, of course, uh, during the family visitation time, she said, Mom, what had happened? And uh, the prisoner um, um, uh, guards kept asking me, how many overseas relatives do you have? <laughs> you know, that's kind of you know. Yeah. She was, of course, her treatment was uh, was uh, was uh, um, way much better, and her sentence was reduced to at least uh, over a year and a half. Yeah. And uh, so that uh, makes a difference. Uh, and uh, certainly, you know, we uh, can use our financial resources, you know, to give to those uh, uh, faithful. Uh, organizations uh, empower them to uh, to walk with the persecuted brothers and sisters. This show is brought to you in association with Premier Christianity magazine. For a free sample copy of the magazine, visit premierchristianity.com slash free sample. Coming up next here on Premier Christian Radio is Premier Playback.